You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hour two of the Anita Marks show. Hour three since we started off uh, with our golf show. And Patty Trania joins us now. Uh, Patty, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning, Anita. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. What an exciting morning. Rory birdies the last two holes to win the Genesis Scottish Open. Sitting here hosting while watching an epic Wimbledon uh, finals, gentlemen's final with um, Alcaraz and, and Djokovic. So it's uh, it's a fun morning. And of course, we have you. So uh, and I've been telling folks, uh, you've been covering the Giants for quite a while and also are one of the best in the business when it comes to understanding uh, the the front office and contracts and how they all work in the NFL. So we're blessed to have you on the program this morning. So I so appreciate you. Uh, with that being said, kind of share with us what you know in regard to what does what is what is Saquon Barkley's camp looking for? And what have the Giants offered so far? Okay, so as far as what Saquon is looking for, Saquon has repeatedly said he's not looking to reset the market. So as far as like APY, which is annual per year, or average per year, I should say, that the high market is Christian McCaffrey at 16. So Saquon is supposedly not looking for that. But what he is looking for is what he calls respect. And what respect translates to is the guaranteed money. Now, the guaranteed money for this type of contract has to start at uh, the equivalent of the uh, franchise tag for this year and next year. So that comes to about $22 million. What the Giants have done, if you go back and you look at Daniel Jones's contract and you look at Dexter Lawrence's contract, the guaranteed money that they have given to those two players was the equivalent of the franchise tags, the two franchise tags at the respective positions, plus a little extra. And I think it's that little extra that right now the two sides are just not agreeing on. You know, Saquon wants to be obviously paid for for, for his services. He, you know, top three paid running back. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, this is what he's looking for. It's, I think it's fair. And it's just a matter of the two sides closing the deal and, you know, closing the gap that exists between them. So, um, and, and the, the Post recently uh, came out and reported that the Giants have offered $19.5 million guaranteed. So I, I shared that on, on one of my shows this week, and a caller called in and said, we're talking about $3 million. What's $3 million to an NFL team? What's the problem? What's the holdup? What would you, what would you say to that, Patty? Well, we don't know that guaranteed money is fully guaranteed or guaranteed at signing. There's two different types of guarantees here. So that, you know, they, what's that expression? The devil is in the details. So anyway, regardless of, of you know, if it, if it was 19 fully guaranteed or 19 guaranteed at signing, that's still below the 22, you know, like I said, the 22.1 million that they have to get to plus a little extra. So it's really not $3 million difference. It's, it's probably, you know, closer to five, six million, I would think, is, is what they're looking for without, you know, knowing the exact number that Saquon's camp is looking for. But, you know, it, it's the devil's in the details. You've got fully guaranteed, which means that regardless of what happens, you are going to get that money, whether you're on the roster or not. And then you've got guaranteed signing, which is usually your signing bonus. So that's, that's the difference there. Interesting. And, and we don't know, the Post did not explain what the 19.5 is, whether it's fully guaranteed or at signing. Correct. 
There was also another report, I think Pro Football Focus, I'm sorry, Pro Football Talk had it. I think they said that um, Barkley was offered, I want to say it was closer to 26, I think, was the number. So that would make more sense, you know, and, and we're talking about in the first two years of the deal. So it sounds like to me that maybe the Giants are looking at maybe a, a three-year or possibly a four-year deal, but really all the guaranteed money is going to be front-loaded in the first two years of, of the contract. That's what it sounds like to me at any rate. Uh, and again, Patty Trenia joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, you know, so so here's the thing, Patty. Um. I really do believe that last year was an outlier year for, for Barkley, right? Like, as we know, he missed the 2020 season, struggled in 2021, and understandably so. Not everybody is Adrian Peterson, who uh, possibly is from another planet, considering he was able to recover from an ACL in six months and, and play like a man possessed. Um, and, and I think Barkley was, was fortunate to stay healthy. On top of the fact, the position he plays. I, I think one of the most brutal positions in all of sport is is the running back position because they just they just get absolutely hammered all the time. So, you know that that's I personally and and I and I know you you I like to talk to general managers. I know you do as well. If I'm the general manager, I am not spending my money on a on a running back. Uh because we see it time and time again and I know Saquon is not your average running back. He's utilized big time in the passing game. There's a lot that he can do than than most running backs. But I'm just I'm I'm not spending a boatload of money and overpaying for a running back. Not at that position. Uh, curious to get your thoughts on the conversations you've had with some uh, general managers pertaining to running backs and and how they um, equate to the the salary cap. Yeah, I mean I think that is the that's that's the common thought across the league that running back values have gone down. But see, here's an interesting question I think we have to answer. You know, this goes along the line of which came first, the chicken or the egg. You look at last year with the Giants offense. Everybody seemed to focus on stopping Saquon. And, you know, people say, oh, you know, the, the teams towards the middle of the season figured out how to slow Saquon down, and now the passing game had to take off. But how much of the fact, the fact that the passing game took off was a result of Saquon being on the field versus the coaching versus the play calling? So you have to take all that into consideration and say, okay, was Saquon that big of a factor, or was it just, you know, Kafka was just a, you know, a genius? I think it was, you know, it's a combination personally, but you have to take that into consideration because you're right. Saquon is not your average running back. He's a guy who can, you know, he can run the ball, obviously. He can serve as a receiver out of the backfield. Um, you can split him out wide. You can do a whole bunch of things with him if you're creative enough, which, you know, of course, my Kafka is. So, you know, that's, that's where the dilemma is. Now, that being said, you, I don't think you can, you know, dump a whole lot of money on a running back. We've seen cases of teams doing that where they've given lucrative contracts. You know, Todd Gurley came to mind. Um, they had, you know, there were a few others, I'm sure, and they just don't reach the end of the contract. And it ends up hamstringing the team's future salary caps. And the Giants, as we know, they got to get Andrew Thomas done at some point. Xavier McKinney is coming up. They're going to have to make a decision on Leonard Williams after this season. So you have to take all that into consideration because remember, Daniel Jones's number is going to hop up as is Dexter Lawrence's next year. Right now they're low, but those numbers are going to jump up. And even though the cap's going to rise, you have to weigh all that into to your equation when you're planning these things. I hear you. Here's another thing. Um, 
you know, in, in regard to his, his injury history, right? Um, you know, I, I understand, I understand not wanting, want, not wanting to give the full guarantee because of the history that we have seen. And, and again, because of the, the, the position that he plays, um, what, 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 what does the rest of, I know we have Brita as the, the backfield as a whole, Patty, how confident mm-hmm. are you in it this season? Well, Brita, I thought, was underused a little bit last year. I, I like what I saw from Brita. But that being said, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, Saquon holds out or, you know, isn't available that, you know, they can, they're not going to have a drop-off because I don't believe that to be true. Eric Gray, they drafted this kid, you know, he's kind of the unknown factor because during the spring you don't really get to develop an appreciation until the pads go on as far as the running game goes. So, you know, you can't really tell a whole lot. So, you know, I think they think that they have talent, but, you know, look, we're all individuals. Saquon Barkley is an individual with a unique skill set. Matt Breida has his own skill set. Eric Gray has his own skill set. And, you know, the thing that gives me some comfort here, and I think should give Giant fans comfort, is that they have a creative coaching staff who knows how to get the most out of these players. We saw it last year. So that, you know, kind of, um, you know, obviously you want to have Saquon on the field, regardless of the circumstances. But if he's not there, knowing that you've got a coaching staff that can figure out ways to work around it, that should give you some comfort, I think. Um, Let's look bigger picture here. Um, I, I love the weapons and the tools that Joe Shane has brought in for Daniel Jones this season, right? Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I think, are sleeping on Paris Campbell. Love the addition of the draft pick, Jalen Hyatt. Love, love, love. Other wide receivers that were injured last year. Listen, um, I was having the conversation with Bart Scott. Uh, you know, we're not even sure that Sterling Shepard makes, makes the final roster. Uh, that's how, um, you know, uh, talented or, or more talented uh, these weapons are for Daniel Jones this season. What, what, what are you expecting this year with, in, in the passing game? Especially now, I'm, I'm really uh, excited to see how Brian Dable is going to use Darren Waller. Yeah, I am as well. I think last year what we saw is a system, it was a brand new system on offense as well as defense. And I think, you know, I equated to, you know, football 101 because everybody was learning the system. If you notice, they, at times they weren't playing as fast as you would like them to be. There might have been some early season mistakes and stuff like that. Now everybody has had a, a full year in the system, and now you've got some new pieces to, to uh, incorporate. So everybody has a better feel for working with one another. I think you're going to see a more explosive offense. Now that doesn't mean they're going to throw the ball down the field every single time. They're going to pick and choose their spots. But last year, you know, you can make the argument that they didn't, they didn't throw down the field as much as maybe we would have all liked to have seen because maybe they just felt that they didn't have the personnel to do it. Now I think they do. So that would be the biggest expectation, and I think that's going to open up stuff along the sidelines for those yards after the catch guys. You know, you send Waller up the field, and uh, he draws two, two guys on him. That's going to create one-on-one matchups for the other guys on the outside, and you get the ball in their hands and let them pick up those yards after the catch. So it kind of fits into what, what the Giants, I think, want to do. Uh, Patty Trania joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Before we let you go, uh, your thoughts on on the Giants this season. Their over-under win total is 7.5. 
As we know, Patty, uh, the NFC East as a whole, much more difficult schedule this year than last. Last year, the NFC East as a whole had the easiest schedule. This year, one of the most difficult. They start off against the Cowboys, granted, at home, which is great. Then they have to head to, 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 uh, to, to Arizona. They're in Arizona and San Francisco, back-to-back weeks. Um, then they come back and take on the Seahawks. So there's that at the Dolphins, at the Bills. This is not an easy schedule to, to, to start off the season, and, and we've been covering the NFL long enough. So we, we know when a team does not start off strong, boy, and you get into, oh, they're 0-2, 0-3, 0-4, never has a team started the season 0-4 and, and made it to the playoffs. Uh, just the narrative gets really, really dark. Uh, your thoughts on the schedule, and what are your expectations for the Giants this season? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is a difficult schedule, you know, playing on the road because there's, there's the issue of you got to pack up, you got to go cross country, you got to you're in an unfamiliar environment. But you know what? You can also make it work for you because nowadays teams don't go away for training camp, so you know you don't really have that bonding thing. So I mean, I I think. If I'm Brian Dable, I look to maybe take advantage of the fact that that the team's going to be on the road so much to build up bonding and, and that sort of thing. And who knows? Maybe they can turn it into an advantage. Because, look, the schedule is the schedule. I mean, we could sit here and we can gripe about it all we want. It's not going to change. So that being said, what can change is just, you know, building up that camaraderie, building up that sense of understanding, that, that um, hidden communication nonverbal communication that is so important. So, yes, it's, it's definitely a difficult schedule. The Giants aren't the only one to have a difficult schedule, as you mentioned. The rest of the NFC East has it as well. It's all in what you make of it. You can sit here and you can say, oh, my God, oh, my God, we've got a tough schedule. But I think Dable is going to say, look, guys, this is what it is. This is how we're going to handle it. And we're going to come together. We're going to bond together. And we're going to conquer this sucker. <laughs> I love it. Patty, always great having you on. And thank you for your insight. Uh, really good information in regard to uh, differentiating uh, the fully guaranteed and, and the guaranteed at signing and, and how that uh, for sure will play a role. Last one before you let you go. Monday, tomorrow, four o'clock is the deadline. What is your gut telling you? Will Saquon Barkley have his John Hancock on the paper come four o'clock tomorrow or not? Gosh, I hope so. I I think it will. Uh, I think we will see it. Um, you know, unless something totally goes screwy. Because look, I'm encouraged by the fact that Saquon added to his representation. He added somebody from CAA in addition to his representation from Rock Nation. So now you're getting in a fresh voice, a different perspective, and sometimes you know. People say, oh, my gosh, now he has too many cooks in the kitchen. And, you know, no disrespect to, to Rock Nation, but the, the, that cook in the kitchen wasn't quite getting the gourmet meal out on the table. So maybe you bring in another person, and now maybe you can now, now you can maybe say, oh, now we're cooking. You know what I mean? So I'm optimistic, but, you know, we'll see. Because these next 24 hours, like you said, it's going to be uh, – I, I know I'm going to be glued to my phone. I'm sure you'll be glued to your phone as will a lot of Giants fans waiting for the slightest hint that there was been a bit of breaking. But I'm optimistic, I would say. Just really quick, at what point in time did he bring CAA in? When did that happen? I believe, I think it was mid-June. And uh, it would probably have corresponded around the time when 
the Giants um, either had their mandatory minicamp or maybe just after. Because I go back and I look at, you know, Brandon Brown, who spoke to the, uh, to the media um, on the last day of the, of the mandatory minicamp, but just kind of looking back at what he had to say, I, I wonder if right around then is, was when maybe Saquon decided to make the move. Because, look, there's a, there's, I think there's a five-day waiting period when you add on representation or you change representation. So for Saquon to have waited, you know, till after the July 4th holiday, that wouldn't have, wouldn't have left them with enough time. So I think that would make the most sense because now it gives this new guy, you know, an opportunity to go and look and see, okay, where are we with talks, what's been said, what's been done and put his two cents into the top. Uh, again, Patty, great stuff as always. Uh, you're, you're the best, especially when it comes to uh, talking contracts. Appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. Patty Train, you're joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Make sure you follow her on all things social media, especially as uh, this story unfolds. Lance and Ron, I see you guys. You guys will be first up when we get back. 800-919-3776. Nina Marks with you on the Sunday Funday. Uh, just counting down the hours for Saquon Barkley to sign that contract right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. If I'm the Giants, I have a tremendous sense of urgency. I want to get something done, not just because of what Saquon's done as a running back, but as what he's done in the passing game. Last year, Daniel Jones completed 74% of his passes to Saquon on 77 targets. He's hugely consequential to this team. Now look, there's a lot of speculation that Zeke would never miss a paycheck, he'll come in. That may be true, but as a former GM, what would scare me to death is this notion of a hold in, meaning I come in, I sign my contract, I get paid, but I tell the Giants, I'm just not ready to go. And they play Dallas on the opener, that's a big game. So I want to get a multi-year deal done, and that's one of the many reasons why. Mike Tannenbaum worrying about a hold in, not a hold out. Talked about it with Bart Scott this week. I was in for Alan Hahn on Tuesday. I'm sorry, Thursday and Friday. We'll be back with him on Monday and Tuesday. Um, and not only that, Bart threw out a really interesting, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, possibility where if, if Saquon is not happy with the money that he's getting, he turns around and says to the Giants, uh, fine, if this is what you're going to pay me, I, I, I don't, you're not going to give me the ball 300 times this season. Not going to give me the ball 300 times. Not going to happen. 
You want to give me the three, the ball 300 times, then pay me X. If you're going to pay me anything below X, then uh, 200, 220, 230, something like that. Negotiate in regard to what his usage will be each year. I think it's kind of smart. I think it's kind of smart considering that the running backs are getting no love. Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook. Many general managers consider these guys fossils. Why? They're 27, 28 years old. All of them still looking for a home. Um, Josh Jacobs in the same situation as Saquon Barkley. Let's take your calls. Let's go to Ron in Tom's River. Ron, welcome in. Hey, how are you? You just hit on a, a, a couple of points that I think are just contradicting, not you saying it, but other people. Saquon Barkley was the, the, the toast of the town, and he does everything right. He's a great stand-up guy. I cannot see Saquon Barkley going in demanding that if he doesn't get paid, I'm not, he's not going to be used 300 times. His competitiveness, just his nature in general, is not like him to say that. So I just feel like so many different conflicting reports of what he's going to do. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that he's a running back. He brought up all the good points, but I think that the Giants should not sign him long-term. I honestly feel like they should just let him play out the one-year deal, and if he wants to sit out, that's egg on his face, not on the Giants' face. And let's face it, running backs, you don't have to win with a good running back. Look at the best running back in the league, Derrick Henry. The, the, the Titans are always consistently either third or second place, do, do not win a, a playoff game at all. I just feel like Joe Shane's smarter than a lot of a lot of us right now. That's why he's in that position. I feel like he's going to do best for the organization, not just for Saquon. Uh, solid call, Ron. Appreciate it. Um, let's let's go to Lance in Linden. Lance, welcome in. Hi, Anita. I'm calling about your talking about the Sunday's closings at the mall. Oh. Well, that's a Bergen County law. It has nothing to do with the Giants and the Jets or the landlord or the individuals. Uh, New Jersey one time, the entire state had Sunday closing laws, and then it went to voter referendum, and 20 of the 21 counties voided out those blue laws, and only Bergen County, by a two-to-one margin, voted to keep the Sunday closing laws. I think it's, I think it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's outdated. It's dumb. Um, especially well, talk to Lance, the voters. For, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, Lance, thank you. Thank you for the phone call, and thanks for the info. I appreciate it. I just, in this day and age, especially... That that mall, from what I understand, that mall is struggling, um, and, and and yet you want to be closed on Sunday? Wow, um, unbelievable! Let's go to Frank, Frank in New Jersey. Welcome in. Good morning. Hi, Anita. I'm calling to you. You got a great show. I have a question on Saquon. Clearly, then, then, then. Uh, you know what I mean? Then, then Saquon doesn't need the Giants, I think, as much as the Giants need him. But my, I think the caveat to this is maybe you might know the answer, is what is Joe Shane's history in dealing with players in this situation? Do you think he's more, more likely to hold his ground, or do you think the Giants may give in a little bit? I mean, uh, Maris stepped in on the Daniel Jones negotiations, so, I mean... But what is, what's the caveat with Shane, do you think? Yeah, it's a great question, Frank. And, and unfortunately, I just I, I don't have that answer for you. I don't I don't have, um, you know, as we know, he came from Buffalo. I don't it's 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 not front of memory. And, and I don't have the list of players that he had to negotiate with while he was in Buffalo, unfortunately. So um, I, I don't have that information for you. Um, 
uh, one thing I will say is that, uh, with all due respect to Dave Gettleman, uh, boy, did he hand over this team as a complete mess to Joe Shane. And, uh, and, and for a Giants team that was able to make it to the playoffs last year uh, with tr- trying to ch- make chicken salad out of chicken poop, which was left for him, and, and the state in regard to where they are right now, in Joe Shane I trust. That's for sure. All right, uh, when we come back, we'll continue with your calls. You want to chime in on Barkley and the Giants, their win total at 7.5. Here's another question for you. Uh, it doesn't sound like uh, there's Giants fans out there that at least we're speaking to right now that feel like the season is, is pivotal on whether or not Saquon Barkley is in that backfield or not. Uh, I'm actually optimistic and really excited for the weapons that Joe Shane has brought in for Brian Dable to, to play around with, specifically Darren Waller. When we come back, ESPN.com, two excellent columns that are out, ranking the top 10 running backs in the NFL and ranking the top 10 tight ends in the NFL. I will share those with you uh, and we'll take your calls. 800-919-3776. Nina Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Update on Wimbledon. Uh, You've got, again, uh, Djokovic, who won the first set, 6-1. Second set right now, all tied up at 4. It's Sunday Funday, presented by Grand Marnier. Grand Marnier takes cocktails from ordinary to unforgettable adding a layer of sophistication to some of the world's most well-loved cocktails. Also want to remind you, get ready to tee them up. Let them fly at ESPN New York Tee It Up Golf Challenge presented by Jake's 58 Casino Hotel on Tuesday, July 25th uh, at Wind Watch Golf and Country Club in Long Island. 60 teams will compete for great prizes and bragging rights. Purchase your twosome today at ESPNNewYork.com. Join Rick DiPietro, Dave Rothenberg, Bart Scott, Alan Hahn, and other special guests. All proceeds benefit the Garden of Dreams Foundation. Individual, ticket, individual tickets for cocktails and dinner are also available. Uh, it's the uh, ESPN New York Teed Up Golf Challenge presented by Jake's 58 Casino Hotel, brought to you by Don Julio Tequila, All-American Auto Group, Kettle One Vodka, Smart Water, White Claw, Hard Seltzer, Aviation, American Gin, Juggernaut Wines, and Schweppes Ginger Ale. Learn more at ESPNNewYorkGolf.com. Uh, let's go to Jack. Calling in from Manhattan. Jack, how you doing? Hey, great show as always. Um, listen, you. I'll preface this. Who just? I think he's a great guy. Unfor- but unfortunately, Jack, we we've got a bad connection. I'm so sorry. If you can, please. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a landline anymore. I'd say call in from your landline. Who's got a landline anymore? Uh, no one. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if maybe you have a, like a better connection at some point in time uh, or somewhere in your apartment, but please try to call back. Um, as, as we went to a break, I shared with you, uh, we've got ESPN.com as we're getting closer and closer, of course, to, uh, to training camps opening up. They've got a ton of columns out right now. This is one I found pretty interesting, ranking the top 10 running backs as we head into the season. Now, keep in mind, uh, this poll that was taken, uh, with the majority of executives and coaches 
in the NFL. So this isn't a fan poll. This isn't, this, that's not what this is about. This is executives and coaches in the NFL and how they have ranked the top 10 running backs. And uh, again, we've got Tom and Joe who are producing. Guys, after I get done with this list, if there's something like, what, are you kidding me? Wow, what? that doesn't sound right. By all means, I'd love to hear from you. Also, we'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. At number 10 is Austin Eckler coming in. Uh, boy, uh, talk about a guy I want to have in fantasy. Uh, talk about a guy I want to have in fantasy this year because I do believe that uh, the Chargers... Uh, do uh, empty that gas tank. And I think he's going to be utilized both in the passing and running game. At number nine, Tony Pollard. I love me some Tony Pollard. Love Tony Pollard more than Ezekiel Elliott last season. Now he is the man in that backfield. But keep in mind, he is coming off of surgery. So uh, so keep in mind, uh, Tony Pollard, if he comes in and he's healthy and everything's A-OK, he rounds out at nine. At number eight, Dalvin Cook doesn't have a home right now. Top eight running back in the NFL, no home right now. Where does he go? Does he go to the Jets? Does he go to the Dolphins? Those are two of the top teams that I'm hearing. Alvin Kamara comes in at seven. Keep in mind, Alvin Kamara pleaded guilty to battery charges that took place. Him and his friends just uh, beat up some dude in Vegas a few months ago. Um, And so he pleaded guilty to avoid a felony charge. So expect some suspension uh, with him through the NFL, whether it's two games, four games, six games. Uh, the guy was beat up pretty badly. He spent four months in the hospital. I, I mean, it wasn't just like a, um, it, it was, it was, it was pretty horrific folks. So, um, so Alvin Kamara, definitely going to get some, some, uh, suspension, not a guy that I'm going to have on fantasy. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is sitting at six. I think it will be utilized big time considering that now you've got Gardner Minshew and potentially Anthony Richardson at the quarterback spot for the Colts. At five, Derrick Henry. How about that? Um, and uh, and then, of course, at four, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley comes in at number four overall. Number two is Josh Jacobs. Number three, this is, I'm sorry, at number three is Josh Jacobs. This is This might surprise some folks. At number two is Christian McCaffrey. At number one is Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, number one over Christian McCaffrey. How about that? Here's the write-up. Nick Chubb finally... So, by the way, number one ranking, lowest ranking six. The reason uh, C-Mac came in too, number one ranking, highest ranking, lowest ranking eight. Chubb finally gets his due uh, atop the rankings. Uh, impressive five-year run in Cleveland. Since entering the NFL in 2018, he's averaged 5.2 yards per rush. Best in the NFL. Second best mark in NFL history among uh, players with at least 1,000 rushes behind Jamal Charles, who is 5.4. Um, so a big reason why. So Nick Chubb, who, by the way, a guy that uh, I know this is going to be the year of the wide receivers. A lot of people anticipating to pick, take wide receivers number one overall in their fantasy drafts. If I'm somewhere in the middle, if I'm falling there, I'm at, at five or six. Boy, Nick Chubb is a running back that I'm definitely going to grab. With Kareem Hump gone and Deshaun Watson, you got a scrambling quarterback. It's going to really open up those rushing lanes for Nick Chubb. Love Nick Chubb coming in this season. 800-919-3776. We've got Jack from Manhattan who is back. Hopefully a better connection. Jack, welcome in. Hey, Anita, can you hear me? Sure can. Thank you. Hey, thanks. Um, so with one thing that no one's really talking about, he's not guaranteed a franchise tag next season. I mean, 24 after this season. So if I'm the Giants, 
that mask. No, no, he, like, he, he he's like, not. No, you got He no, he can't. Jack, he he can't. He can be tagged. He's got two years of tag ability. Yep. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is okay. he could play three games a season and get his knee blown out, and there's no way he's getting a franchise tag next season. So if you're the Giants, you're saying, don't come to me with this math of I owe you times two franchise as the guaranteed because there's no guarantee you might get the second one. Oh, I understand what you're saying. So if he gets injured, chances are the, and the, the, way, Giants, the Giants won't tag him by the because way, he'll be injured. Who's going to want him anyway? Yeah, so Jack, sorry, got to let you go. Bad connection, but uh, but you made your point and, 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 and we understand. Let's go to Artie in Brooklyn. Artie, welcome in. Before I go to the Jets, how about McElroy, man? I tell you, that was crazy. He misses a putt on 16 and then comes back huge. Who uses a two-iron? I don't know. That's crazy. All right. Hi, Nita. How are you? It's, it's amazing. I'm great. So, I'm asking, Am I asking too much for the Jets to get both um, Hopkins and Cook? And can it be done? And if you're Rodgers, to pull a Brady and say, look, I'll give you as much money as you want back, go get me those two guys. I mean, why, why can't that happen? Because, Anita, honestly, if those two guys go to anybody else, anybody else, I mean, the Bills, Dolphins, can you imagine Hopkins on that Cleveland team? You know, nobody's saying anything, but Cleveland, is, nobody's even mentioning Cleveland, I guess, because um, – because of Watson and what they suppose he comes back to form, then what happens? You know what I'm saying? So go for it. They have the team. They have to complete it. They, right now, the Jets are just in contention. You get those two guys. I'm not saying you're guaranteed anything, but arguably you will have the best offense in the NFL if you get those two guys. Agree what you say, you in the in the neatest words. All right, love you, Nita. Thanks. <laughs> you got it, Artie. I just listen. I I think that's wishful thinking uh, to think that the Jets will get both Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins, uh, but yeah, they add those two cats to this offense. Um, you know, at, at that point, um, you still you know it's very interesting. Again, I, I filled in for Alan Hahn this week, and uh, I, I have some really I have some reservations and some some concerns in regard to the uh, the Jets offensive line. Bart Scott does not. Bart Scott believes in in Mackay Becton. Uh, he believes in Brown. Um, granted, yes, we're all we're both in agreement that we would like a little bit more depth in this offensive line. Uh, not sure will that come as as uh, of course cuts are made during training camp. I'm sure uh, some backup offensive linemen will become available that the Jets will sign and bring in. But um, yeah, uh, Bart Scott not as concerned with with the offensive line as as I am. That's for sure. Uh, but to bring in more talent, yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Um, and on paper, what that Jets offense would look like if they do, I just think that's unrealistic, Artie, with all due respect. I don't mean to, to burst your Sunday bubble. 800-919-3776. We'll continue to take your calls. Also, uh, let's check in and, and find out what else is trending in our wide, wide world of sport around 1045 a.m. on this Sunday fun day. Next, here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you. Uh, guys, let's take a call before we uh, we come in with some uh, click or don't click. Let's go to Matt. Matt, welcome in. Matt? 
Hi. Hi. Oh, okay. I, I uh, all right. I, I read. I see Matt here. So I, uh, Pat, welcome in. Sorry. Okay. It, it's okay. I'm driving on the parkway. Should be playing golf instead. But a little bit of rain today. Yeah. Um, I just in, tar- in terms of Barkley and comparing him to somebody, something like the McCaffrey deal or the Gurley deal. Um, you got to realize the salary cap's risen by probably 15 to 20 percent since. The McCaffrey deal, which was uh, four years, $64 million, 16 uh, average. The equivalent deal for Barkley under the current salary cap would be about $18 million. They're talking about a deal that's much, much less than the kind of deals that were given to uh, McCaffrey and Todd Gurley before them. Um, at $12 million per, um, it's closer to you know 5% of the salary cap which is a very, very manageable number for, for a, you know, an important player on your team. Um, you know, $24 million, they're probably, you know, the risk at $24 million isn't the first year because, you know, the franchise uh, uh, tag is 10 um, and, he, you know, once he signs it, that's guaranteed uh, regardless. It's the $14 million in the second year that's the risk. In other words, if, if Barkley gets hurt and is completely unable to perform, in the second year of the deal, you know, that's the risk. That's the $14 million. But that's a very manageable risk um, under the current salary cap, which next year is probably going to be about $245 million. So, yeah, people talk about how risky it is to, to give running backs these contracts. The market is, is significantly depressed from what it was with McCaffrey. And any deal they give Barkley at this point does not entail the kind of risk that, uh, the, 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 you know, uh, Carolina took with respect to McCaffrey or the Rams took with respect to Gurley. Um, it's a much, much less risky contract. And it's much more reasonable and in line with the value he gives the Giants, especially when you consider he catches 50 to 60 passes a year. Um, I don't know. I just, you know, I, I, I read and I listen to people, you know, talking about this without realizing the salary cap environment is completely different. Um, uh, the cap, uh, you know, the cap has gone up a whole lot. And managing a $14 million not that hard. It just takes a couple extra bucks, you know, a few million dollars of the owner's cash to get around that kind of problem. Uh, I appreciate the phone call, Matt. Some really, really great points to make. Um, I just, my thing as well, and, and I'm curious, because the Giants went out and, and put so much effort in improving the weapons for Daniel Jones this season with Waller and Paris Campbell and drafting uh, Jalen Hyatt and, and other guys that are hopefully going to come in and, and be healthier this season. They were last, um, you know, how much will Saquon Barkley really be needed in the passing game this coming season? I don't think as much as last season. With that being said, it's time for click or don't click. This is click, 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 or don't. Very simply, here's the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? That's right. Time for click or don't click. A fun way. We take our tour around our wide, wide world of sport. We find out what is trending at 10.55 a.m. on this Sunday. Our producers lead the way. That is Tom and Joe. Gentlemen, what you got? So, LeBron James is back in the news, and no, not this mm-hmm. time for coming back from a supposed retirement scare. No. He's changing his jersey number. Yet again, he is going back to 23 
in honor of Bill mm-hmm. Russell, which I find funny because he, when he originally went to Miami, he switched from 23 to 6 to, wire, to honor excuse me, Michael Jordan. So all those people that bought LeBron James 6 jerseys, well, you're going to have to go back to wherever you bought it and exchange it for uh, 23. Um, yeah, I saw it, did nothing for me to click, uh, you know, I know Bill Russell has had an issue with him. Um, is it, is it, was it because of the number that he chose? I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, this story does nothing for me, but, um, just another LeBron James story on the news cycle. I don't, I don't know. Does nothing for me. What you, what, what you got, Tom? You've heard of Steph Curry, right, uh, Anita? Have I? Well, this is... You mean you mean golfer? Golfer Steph Curry? Well, we could talk about the basketball player uh, Steph Curry, or, <laughs> as you just said, we could talk about the golfing player Steph Curry, who did this at a celebrity event, the American Century Championship, yesterday afternoon. It's obvious he can really play. This is right at it if it gets there. How about that? <laughs> All I'll say is this. I think he pulled the right claw. Oh, my goodness gracious. He may not stop till he gets to the Bay Area. So if you couldn't... Oh, by the way, sound courtesy of NBC Sports. If you couldn't tell in all that chaos, Mm -hmm. Steph Curry hit a hole in one. Not only can he drain three-point shots, but he can drain shots from 152 yards away at the Edgewood Tahoe golf course in Nevada yesterday. Um, Curry, obviously, you could hear in the call that they were the announcers were very excited. Curry, after he sunk that shot, r- r- made like a mad dash toward the hole and kind of was doing like a, almost he was like flying an airplane a little bit. Very excited he was, as um, you could again hear in that call. And yeah, just a cool moment for Steph Curry. As we know, he is a great golfer, and I believe he's actually in the lead at this celebrity event as uh, we speak going into today. Yeah, this is why I picked him with the match with him and, and Clay going up against Mahomes and uh, and Travis Kelsey. A big reason why I thought he would win the match and, and granted the match, uh, he was, was just, you know, very different in regard to, uh, um, you know, they were playing best ball and alternate ball and and whatnot. I, I still thought, considering that he was just such a better golfer, head and shoulders over everybody else, that he would win. And obviously that did not pay off. Uh, but nonetheless, um, really, really, I, I saw, I, I, I actually, I, I saw that hole in one yesterday. Really, really cool stuff. Uh, we have time for one more. What else is trending? So are you interested? We're going a little bit off the beaten path, quite literally here. Police capture survivalist mm-hmm. murder suspect who escaped jail. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by that. Go ahead. So the suspect is the 34-year-old Michael Berman, who escaped Warren County Jail in Pennsylvania on Saturday afternoon and was caught Mm. camping, in quotes, near a person's property. Well, that person found him because their bloodhound just quite literally wouldn't shut up. And the, the, the man went out in the woods, saw Mr. Berman camping out, called the police. The police found the man in a, quote, worn out state with his clothes dirty and wet. Mr. Berman had the grand old idea of just turning his prison pants inside out. He was not armed, and he's now back in custody. 
did they say how he escaped from jail? I always find that in, you know, like you hear about like the guys that like took a spoon and they did. Um, you know, he escaped by shimmying down bedsheets outside the jail. <sighs> Is that fascinating? Like, especially like the stories you hear, like, oh, it took him ten years to chisel out, chisel a tunnel out of with a spoon that he stole from the cafeteria. Like, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, this isn't the Shawshank Redemption. So, unfortunately, this is uh, not a good ending for the prisoner in this case. I've- right, right. He didn't. He didn't end up on a on a beach somewhere. Could you imagine the prison guards too that are coming into work and they just see bed sheets flowing in the wind down the side of the jail? it's literally like the biggest paper trail you could possibly leave if you're escaping prison if you didn't have the decency to that i don't i don't know exactly how he shimmied them down if it's like a ladder that he could pull or if he had to tie it somewhere i'm imagining but at the very least if you could have you would think that you would pull the sheets down so that way you have more of a chance of not making it plainly obvious that you just escaped to jail um I, I've got one more I'm going to throw into the mix, and that is, have you guys heard the story about the uh, the, the bear that's, uh, that's loose down in Homestead, Florida? I have not heard the story, but I'm very intrigued. Well, it's my mom's neighborhood, Mama Mimi. So, um, so my mom has a, a, a bear, a, a black bear, I, I guess, or I don't know. I don't know the difference, black bear, brown bear. Uh, at, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like, in in her neighborhood and so now there's uh, every like yesterday and today they haven't they've they've got a helicopter out there i want to imagine that they've got a tranquilizer gun and they want to tranquilize the bear so that they can uh, get him back into his 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 natural habitat but um so so my mom has been you know stay indoors don't let your dog out so um, so nonetheless, uh, you can only imagine uh, folks who listen mm-hmm. to the show and, and hear Mama Mimi on the program often, you can only imagine uh, the text message that I, I, I've been receiving for the last 24 to 48 hours. Uh, I would like to read them on air, but this is a family show and I'm sure I would be fired the next morning. So uh, my mom very frustrated that there is a bear that is uh, keeping her and her neighbors hostage in their homes uh, in her neighborhood. Now, so there is that. Now, did she ever say what the bear sounded like? I have some sound effects here, and maybe we can get to the. Uh, maybe we could get down to what type of bear it was. So I have this one for you. I've got this one, and I've also got this one for you. No. Do we know which? Do we know what the bear sounded like? Was it any of these? I don't. Does it? Is is there? Does a black bear make a different sound than a brown bear? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to ask Dave Rothenberg on this one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. So that's what is trending here at 11 a.m. on this Sunday. I'll tell you what else is trending. Wimbledon, the gentleman's final where you have Carlos Alcaraz going up against uh, Djokovic. Uh, Djokovic took the first set 6-1, second set. It's all tied up at 6. And now they are playing a tiebreaker where Alcaraz. Uh, just went up five, four. So, uh, wow, this is, this is so good. Uh, I, I think this is going to be epic. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes five sets. Uh, Anita Marks with you on this Sunday fun day. We come back, we're going to hear from Bill Barnwell. Um, he was on with Bart 
and I, I was in for Alan Hahn this week on Thursday and Friday. And so Bill Barnwell joined us. What is his take on Saquon Barkley? What is his take on the running back landscape in the NFL? We also talk some Jets next here on 90.7 ESPN.